0: Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She
1: podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Beth. So good to be here with you, my friend. How are you? Just dandy. So glad
0: to be looking at you, Beth. And Looking at you, Lisa Brennickmeyer, although I'm slightly terrified of all those storms you've got going on in Florida. How are you?
2: Doing well, but yeah, I'm sitting here with a massive storm just raging behind me, but hopefully you won't all hear it, but it's good. It's hot in Florida, so the rain is good.
0: Yes. Well, I'm so glad that we could call in and see you over video as much of the world is doing right now with their friends. We're not all together,
2: but I'm so glad we get to
0: see you here.
2: Good to see you both. It does my heart good.
0: I'm so glad to be with you also because your podcast is one of my like top three podcasts we've ever done. The one that we talked about fearless and free. It's the one that I love to tell people, hey, if you've never listened to the podcast, this is a great episode to start with.
1: Agreed. So I'm glad to be here chatting with you again. But for anyone who didn't have the pleasure of listening to that first podcast, would you introduce
2: yourself? Sure, so my name is Lisa Brennick-Meyer, and I'm a mother of seven, I'm now a grandmother of two, two precious little boys, and my husband and I and some of our younger kids live in Florida, and about, ooh, now 11 years ago, I founded Walking with Purpose, a Catholic women's Bible study ministry, which... Has grown to be a wonderful team of women that develop leaders within the church and really train women how to reach out to their peers with love. And so we really believe that the way that you come to know Christ is by being loved towards Him, not being corrected towards Him or taught towards Him. And so we do a lot of training that way. I write Bible studies, and that's what our Walking with Purpose groups get together and do. They study scripture together, but in kind of a different way in that what's really unique, I think, about us is everything is about how does this apply to my day-to-day life? We really try to ask the question as we go through, so what? How does this apply to the sticky, tough stuff in my own life? How does it help me? know who I am and how I can be who God created me to be in just my regular set of circumstances. So that's been my joy to serve women through this ministry. And I've been doing women's ministry, honestly, since college. So kind of as long back as I can remember. It's great to talk to you two because you're in the same, the same lane, right? We're all just doing our best to help women really know who they are in Christ and to give them hope and encouragement and a sense of community and also just meet spiritually right so they can continue to grow we're all doing that together
1: yeah amen lisa i was just joking before we started recording that i would have been okay if this was just a monologue and you just like gave a talk here on the podcast (laughs) because (laughs) i i learned so much from you just by being your friend just by having a conversation with you i learned so much about joy and love and freedom Mm -hmm. and jesus just from being in your presence so glad that the ladies on the podcast today will get to sit at your feet as well
2: Mm oh you're so kind thank you
1: so lisa catch us up tell us how you're doing how has your year been
2: Yeah, it's been a really interesting spring because we had been gearing up at Walking with Purpose for one of the biggest things we had ever endeavored to do, which was doing a women's event. We had 750 women coming in from actually all over. Many were coming internationally. Father Dave Pavanka, Sister Miriam, myself, you know, a team of our speakers were going to be speaking. We were meeting women right where they were, not assuming they already had a faith, right? Not assuming they already were buying in and really kind of pre-evangelization in a lot of ways, but then leading them to an encounter with Christ. We we were so excited about the whole thing. And we got up to Maryland to to where the conference was gonna take place. We're unpacking, we're setting up, and so excited when the World Health Organization declared this is a pandemic. And it was literally like, we're like opening the boxes as that announcement comes. And we had to literally turn around pack everything up and go home. And I have to say that it has been one of the deepest disappointments of my life, you know? And I know the Lord knows and understands and brings great good, but I have to say that what I really wanted to do in that moment was to pull the covers over my head and just go with them, forget the whole thing because I can't believe we've worked so hard and we thought that this was something you wanted, Lord, and how could this be how this all ended up? But that very month, I had a book due. And so I really couldn't grow in bed, I needed to get writing. And the book that I was writing is a book that's called Rest. And I wrote this book because I'd written a devotional last year called Be Still, and I had started it with a woman in mind. I wanted to take pieces from the different talks I've given, from different Bible study lessons I've written, and just new teaching as well, to just encourage a woman day by day with just a little bit, just a little bit of something she could read and chew on every day for that woman who isn't ready necessarily to do a whole Bible study, but she can read a little bit of encouragement. And the woman I was thinking of is someone who I know really struggles to see herself As God sees her and I remember years ago visiting with her and she'd been a person who I had not had an easy relationship with to be honest I had felt that actually I kind of got on her nerves almost like maybe I was too happy-go-lucky Christian I don't know what but I, I could just tell I kind of bugged her we were a little bit like oil and water this dear woman had had a nervous breakdown and needed someone to care for her a nurse kind of all the time and there was a day where the nurse couldn't come and she needed someone to cover. And she actually asked for me. Everybody in the family basically said, why her? <laughs> well, know you don't like her. So when I went to spend this time, I went with so much trepidation because I just thought, why would she want to be with me when I've just aggravated her, I think, for years? And I didn't really say anything with her. I just sat with her. I made tea and we were just present. And at one point she said, you know, with other people, there's just so much chaos, you know, a noise. And she said, with you, there's peace. I just knew that that was a real sacred moment. And I said to her, if there is anything good you sense in me, you are sensing the Holy Spirit. That's not me. That's him. And he fills me with his presence. But it's not me. And I said, and, you know, he wants to do that for you. That sweet presence, that calming presence is available to you. And she just shook her head and said, no, he'll do that for people like you because you've made the right choices. He won't do that for me. And no matter what I said, I couldn't convince her. So that has stuck with me all these years. And so I wanted to write this devotional for that woman. But what I found is that to fill 365 days worth of a devotional At some point, you've got to kind of say, okay, God does love you. His mercy is, you know, never ending. The love of the Lord never ceases. But at some point, you've got to go. And then guess what? This is how he wants us to live. You know, you've got to insert some of those things, too. And I realized as I was writing it, this will be too much for this tender woman's heart. You know, there are seasons in our lives or people that we know The minute it seems like God has an expectation of me, you know, that voice of you're not enough just gets so strong that the whole voice of God's love is just drowned out. So I wrote the book, Be Still, which was is much more in a way a primer on the Christian life. Like, how do I do this thing? How do I see myself through the eyes of God? But then how do I live differently as a result? So it was kind of one of those things where I've always known I want to get back to that and write this book for this woman. So rest, rest is that book. Rest is the book that I wrote for her. I wrote it for her, but I also wrote it for any woman who, for whatever reason, feels that the love of God is for for others, but not for her, that she's the exception to the rule. The book is called Rest, and that's what it's meant to do, because I think it's only as we recognize how beloved we are that we actually can have a deep soul rest. It's only as we allow just that inner censorship and critique that we do of ourselves so often until that voice quiets down in God's voice saying, you are my beloved, you are created perfectly, just the way that I wanted you to be, you know, you are imbued with tremendous purpose. You are forgiven. You are clean. You are holy. Um, you are mine. You were chosen until those things become what we see when we look in the mirror. We're never going to rest.
0: Okay. First of all, I want to say all of that sounds incredible, but also what humility for you to take a relationship that is hard or was hard and say, I want to write a book for this woman. That's crazy to me, Lisa. Thank you.
1: Even back further than that, just the witness of in that moment saying this goodness that you sense in me is not even me. It's the Lord. Incredible.
2: We'll pray for her, will you? Because yeah. she's getting towards the end of her life and this book is my my last letter, you know, in a way.
0: Yeah.
2: Of what I just so desperately want her to believe. It's not just her. I mean, this is so many of us, right? And the Lord looks at us and just says, Oh, what can I do to show you that, you know, what more can I do than I've done to show you that this is for you? But we we've gotta do some work. This was what our last podcast together was about. We've got to do some work to work through the deep things that have hurt us before we can get to that place sometimes where we really understand his love. You know, that's a big part, I think, of coming to a place of rest. And I I think that many of us don't really know how to rest. We don't know how to quiet ourselves. And I've been reading a really good book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he's talking about the importance, obviously, of not hurrying. So there's an element certainly of rest to that but of how important it is that we have silence and solitude in our lives. And he says, you know, when you do that, when you make room for silence and solitude, we find our quiet places, right, where we can really meet with the Lord, we start to feel. Even though, you know, we were sent home with a timeout with COVID, I don't look at women and think, oh, we're also rested. As a result, we're also We're all actually pretty overwhelmed with the state of the world. He's issuing us an invitation to slow down, to take some silence and solitude that's deeper than just the COVID go home. He's offering us something deeper. And when we do that, according to John Mark Homer, we'll start to feel, okay? And we'll start to feel the lousy emotions first. But wait for it. Wait for it. Because the joy will come. So when we're in that solitude and that silence, We face the good, the bad, and the ugly in our own hearts. Our worry, our depression, our hope, our desire for God, our lack of desire for God, our sense of God's presence, our sense of his absence, our fantasies, our realities, all the lies we believe and the truths we come home to. We get into all of this and it's exposed, right? Which can be a little painful, right? We don't really like to see all these things about us. But what that does then is we can look at it and God can restore and redeem and heal all of it. And the alternative is that all of that just leaks out. It leaks out in little ways on the people that we love the most. But this way it's being exposed in a safe place, the place of the Father's love embrace and and voice. I think that's the invitation that he's issuing to us in the midst of what feels like a dumpster fire. (laughs) What in life right now feels restful, peaceful, predictable? Nothing. (laughs) And yet he issues this invitation, which basically said it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not dependent on any circumstance. He simply offers this safe refuge and wants to speak to us there really personally.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the only thing that does feel restful about my everyday is on my calendar where I get to pray at eight. Like sometimes that I just can't wait to get to that time. And you know, that could be any time if you're looking at your calendar, sweet listener, but that's the time when like my kids are in bed and I get to exhale for the day. Mm. And you know, the Lord gives us those tidbits of time. He's so good like that. Mm -hmm. But to have dedicated time with him, to really rest in his arms, to take my sadness that I felt throughout the day, the joy I felt throughout the day, All of that, just, and to empty it at his feet and say, this is where true rest is, where I can give you everything and you give me yourself.
1: Yeah. I'm really actually fighting the Lord on rest right now. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear you say, like, I'm dying to get to that time so I can rest. I am having probably a closer experience to what you described with just lousy emotions. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm one who conceals a lot from the Lord typically. But I think I've been discouraged about like how deep the hurt is. And I can feel the Lord in prayer every day, just inviting me to rest, to just lay in a hammock with him, Mm. let him hold me. And I am like, can we just go back to reading scripture and journaling? I do not want to do this. Nothing else is feeding me nothing else is bringing me rest. It's such a dry and barren wasteland in prayer if I'm not doing that, but I don't want to do that.
0: Because it doesn't feel productive because of the deep woundedness? Yeah, because it sucks. Yeah.
1: It totally sucks. I've had to come kind of face to face with feeling not lovable and wondering how the Lord could love me like that. And even second guessing my own prayer, like, is this all just fantasy? There's no way that he could be that crazy about me. Like I would Mm -hmm. rather go back to reverence and like sweetness, but this passionate, steadfast pursuit of my heart, it's a lot right now.
2: Even though mm-hmm. it's like the deepest desire of my heart. Do you ever feel, Beth, like we're right back here? Like surely I've moved beyond this. Surely I've matured beyond this. Like how can this still be an issue for me? Is that ever a part of it that just feels just like, you know, where are we even going with it? Yeah, literally every when day. Re-
1: this is yeah. my prayer every day. Like day. We're still I, here? Yeah. I am done talking yeah. about this.
2: Yeah. I love how Sister Miriam talks about all of that and how you're not just walking around in circles. You're not. This is a deeper work. And that it feels like I'm right back where I was, but it's not because you've carried all your maturity from before. He's loving you in a deeper way. The Lord is after our hearts, but I understand how it can feel just like I'd rather not.
1: I would say like my whole life, I've been on this intimacy with Jesus train. It's always been beautiful, even when it's been hard, but there's something about right now. Maybe it is that the exterior busyness has kind of quieted as well, and so it doesn't feel so much like a refuge, but there's something different to this right now that I am just like, this sucks.
2: You know, it never, it never feels good, but sometimes God is revealing ourselves to ourselves, or he's holding up the mirror, and we don't really like that. One of the things that I remember reading in the book of Genesis was about Jacob, who was a deceiver, and who he encounters, like one-upped Jacob in the very area where he was so bad. Jacob got a taste of his own medicine and i remember reading that and, and something happened in my life at that time that a visitor came and stayed with us who was driving me absolutely crazy for a myriad of reasons and what i realized at some point during this visit was that she was a magnification of an area of sin in my own life that my husband had actually been saying you know this is kind of a drag for our family this aspect of the way you are you're acting and what i realized the lord was doing he is allowing me to see This person who I'm so disgusted by and what I'm disgusted by is actually a trait I have in myself. He's allowing me to see it in a way that motivates me to say, I want this out of my life. Underneath it all, we're looking at the same issue here of self-righteousness or of fear or of, you know, whatever it would be. And he's allowing this to kind of heat up so that we see it and then really invite him in to get it out, to root it out of our hearts.
0: I remember the first time that I really thought about rest in a really beautiful and different way, was when you shared about it at our writer's retreat last year.
1: Yeah, I was driving in um, Chicago. I was really afraid I was going to miss my flight. I I had only been there for a day and nothing worked out, right? I just wanted to go home. I was so frustrated sitting in this traffic, which apparently is 24 hours a day in Chicago. I don't know. And I had worship music on. I was praying. I was trying to talk to the Lord, but I couldn't calm down. Eventually, I just said to the Lord, why can't I calm down? I'm praying. I'm talking to you about it. I'm relating my heart. Like, why can't I relax? And the Holy Spirit said to me, lean back. And I realized I was like gripping the steering wheel and I was like hunched forward, almost willing the car to move faster <laughs> than it could. <laughs> and so now it's become a little tell for me when I can feel that like anxiety in my body and I'll just lean back and not have to always be on my toes.
2: It takes a daily reset. It doesn't take much for us to lose that, that awareness.
0: Lisa, I know I love to like talk practically. Mm mm-hmm. And you are a very busy woman. I know you're saying like it's a daily reset and you have to work on it. For me, a lot of my anxiety, it's a lot like what you just described. Like I'm always on my toes. I like have a ton to do. So I'm like very heightened, you know, and I don't necessarily feel like peaceful there. It's not like I'm like super heightened, but I'm like swimming in the peace. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like on threat level midnight. Do you get there? And if and when you do... Is there a way to like live in peace in heightened states when those things are just inevitable? And you know, there are things that happen in life where it's a busy time, or how do you manage that, I guess?
2: I mean, one thing for me is that I really have to be awake before everybody else in my family. Because a big thing for me is is silence and solitude. So that solitude is key and that silence is key. And so I've really, um, I try to practice that in the morning in my prayer time, but then also paying attention to silence throughout my day. So like I try in my car to not have the radio on, to not put a podcast on immediately, to, to just allow that silence and to pay attention, just like you said, Beth, to are my shoulders down? Just check my body. We're body and soul both. And so I love Candles that smell good. So I love quiet or calm music. I'm really, I'm very aware of all how all those things contribute. So I try to work them into my day. And then just even doing things like if I'm really worked up, to lay down on my back with my hand on my stomach and to do really deep breathing. You know, we've never been a more stressed, more anxious people. We are on our phones all the time. We're just spending so much mindless time scrolling, comparing, getting worked up, seeing things that we can't fix but we're concerned about. And not that I'm saying don't engage, but really have a period of time in your day where you are going to engage. And then you're going to step out and you're going to live your life and watch just how much noise we allow in, which is very, very anxiety-producing, I think.
1: Yeah, if I can just add one to that. Mm. I had an experience on my eight-day silent retreat where I just had these little irritations, nagging at me the whole time. And I even considered like, maybe I could just send a quick follow-up email. Like no one would know, you know, (laughs) like to keep the ball moving on this thing that I actually needed to be done before I came, but these people didn't get back to me. And yet here I am in this, you know, sacred set apart time. And I'm like telling the Lord, I do not want to waste my silent retreat talking about this email. This like work irritation, like I don't want to deal with that right now. I want to just put that out of my mind, take a deep breath, all the practices you're talking about, but here it comes. Here comes that irritation again. So I remember in one of my holy hours, I just told the Lord everything about this, such a minute situation. I will never forget in that holy hour, I got it all out and the Lord said to me, yeah, it's not a great system. Like, this this thing that I was, like, really infuriated by, the Lord, like, agreed. Yeah, it's it's not a good system. I know. And, the, like, the relief, I laughed, and suddenly I was like, oh, like, I've been carrying this thing, minimizing it, diminishing it. That meant I had been, like, relegating it to not worthy of prayer. It was a big learning learning moment for me, that when I feel that anxiety... In my body, in my mind, I'm not abiding in the Lord. I'm not being with the Lord in that thing that I think is not important enough to pray about. Mm. Talk to the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about this, but yeah, just talk to Him about all of it. Yeah, Yeah. Because I think we go into prayer and we're like, I I really need to rest, right? Mm. But we have all these annoyances, kind of like flies buzzing around. And we're just swatting them away, but sometimes we, we do need to just talk about them.
0: Totally. Well, thank you both thank you. for sharing your hearts. It's always a joy to chat with you and to talk about the Lord with you. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Lisa,
2: would you mind closing I just us? I love both of you so much. Oh, I'd love ditto. To, I'd love to pray with you. Thank mm. you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, you so delight in each one of these listeners, each one of these women. No matter what it is that she's done or she's failed to do or is weighing on her right now, no matter the depth of confusion or discouragement or the sense of failure, you look at her and you delight in the way that she was made. You delight in what she looks like. You delight in her body. You delight in the purpose that you've placed in her. You delight in the things that she's compassionate about and cares about and you do that you do as well. You delight in the idiosyncrasies of her personality. Lord, I just pray that we would be able to see ourselves through your eyes and that we would so fill up with your love each day and just rest in it that we wouldn't go out into our days needing other people to validate us or needing to prove our worth, but that we would just be so filled up that as we encounter others, that that love would just pour out to them and that we would just be able to be a conduit of that love and grace instead of, in each and every interaction, needing something from the people we come face to face with. Help us in this way, Lord. Meet us in our place of need so that we can step out as, as people who are restored and healed and strong because of you. Our world desperately needs women who know who they are in Christ. May that be what is said of each one of us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, too. It was so good to talk with you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jenna, I know you've been loving your daily prayer time. See. Si. And you've especially been loving it because you have a little prayer corner. See. Si. And you've been lighting a little sweet candle every time you pray.
0: Also, see. Si.
1: <laughs> so I was just going to recommend to all of our dear friends that if they too want to have a little prayer corner, they could check out the shop and get a sweet-smelling candle for their prayer time.
0: You got it. BlessedIsShe.net slash shop.